Welcome back to the On The Way podcast. Our final three episodes will challenge us to move deeper in community while we're on the way. Today's practice is lament. Part of being a good friend is being there for someone in the good times and the not so good times. This means showing up when things are difficult or uncomfortable. Our guest today is Rebecca, who spent the last eight years with her family in Southern Asia, working in aftercare homes with trauma survivors, helping them through their healing journeys. We'll talk about how sometimes trauma must be worked through with help from a licensed professional. But for everyday loss and disappointments that we all face, these are opportunities to sit with our friends in their lament. We talk about some heavier subjects today, and while we won't go into detail, today's podcast does contain some sensitive content, which may not be suitable for younger listeners. Let's talk about practicing lament on the way. Before we dive in, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what you're passionate about? My family and I, we've spent the last eight years living overseas in Southern Asia, Um, My kids are 7 and 10, uh, son and daughter, and I uh, didn't get married until I was 31, so I feel like I had a good chunk of my young adulthood to really um, find the place that God was leading me and kind of get to use my passions um, in ministry and engage with... um, trafficking and abuse and trauma survivors um, during that time. Uh, So I had a master's in theater with a focus on trauma, and I had always had a heart to maybe be involved with abuse survivors in their healing journey in some way. It just was like such an amazing moment when I kind of realized in grad school that God had opened this way for me to use the arts for healing with trauma survivors. So I ended up doing that Um, for five years in Southern Asia when I was single and then ended up meeting my husband and later moving to India as a family. So you have spent really the better part of the the last 15 years journeying with people um, who are going through a season of grief, maybe even a prolonged season of grief that, that comes with trauma. I want to talk about why why as believers do you feel it's important for us um, to to journey with people um, who are grieving and not try to force them out of it or you know preemptively end that season? Why is it important for us to walk alongside people? First of all, when I hear the word lament, um, I think it implies loss of some kind, right? Grief is a result of losing something. And it's such a very, very real part of life for anyone in the world, on any part of the globe. But I think as Americans, we've almost gotten insulated from that a bit. And there was definitely a season in the church as a whole where people just kind of assumed, if I love God and serve God, I'm going to be blessed, I'm going to be comfortable. And then when you're confronted with people who just have overwhelming loss, not once, but over and over, there can be this huge divide if you have never allowed yourself to grieve with someone who's lost 
greatly or when you've lost greatly. And so I think I didn't really understand how to walk with someone who was grieving until I really went through great loss myself. When, when people are working through very deep trauma, it's important for you know, them to be meeting with professionals like mm. yourself. Mm-hmm. For those of us who, who aren't professionals in that field, um, what would be some practical application that we could apply in our own journeys with other people, our neighbors, our colleagues, people from other countries who are living in our communities? Um, what, how can we simply walk with people, like practically speaking, what, what does that look like? But when people are just dealing with loss, you know, losses that we all go through, the loss of a loved one, um, deep, deep disappointment, death, those things, I think it's important to uh, have in our pocket just simple, simple tools um, that you would use in pastoral counseling or you would use just in general uh, mental health awareness. One would be the power of listening, the power of not offering advice, especially as an outsider. I may not understand the situation fully. Not only do we listen, not necessarily give advice, we can always, always just say, wow, that's, that's normal or that's really hard. Like just simple statements for them to feel heard and not shamed is life-changing for almost any person, especially a trauma survivor in Southern Asia. Can you talk about the power of lament, the power of allowing yourself or someone else to walk through grief without passing it over? What, what is the power in that as a follower of Jesus? When I watch Jesus walk through his life in the four Gospels, there are so many instances where it seems like he sits with people, where he doesn't, he doesn't raise Lazarus from the dead before he sits and he weeps with the family, which is just so shocking and uncomfortable for us sometimes. And I think it's so unusual for us as an American who's always rushed and busy and productive in anyone's eyes as someone from another culture, but just affirming that this is hard and I'm here with you and I'm happy to listen anytime. That's so rare when any of us are going through that, to have someone say that. And I just think that that opens a door for them to feel like I am seen, I'm heard, and this person is like a sister or a brother to me. Like they're like a family member they can understand. And that's kind of what I, I want to talk about next is um, when we're walking with people or, or ourselves when we're journeying through a season of, of deep lament, we're on the way somewhere. We're not just meaning to camp there forever, but we're, we're mm-hmm. on the way to joy um, and that might be a, a lifelong journey. That might be a shorter journey for different people. But we're, we're, we've got our eyes on the joy that Christ himself embodies, that he is 
um, the resurrection and the life. And so talk to me a little bit about how you maintain a focus of like forward thinking of, Mm -hmm. of healing, even starting when it doesn't even seem like healing could be possible, but you, um, I've known you for a long time and you're always focused on that healing aspect. Like it's possible. (laughs) How do you do that? So I think that I had the advantage of getting to know little girls in the homes that I was working in originally who had found so much healing so that their joy, it was just contagious. Like nobody needs to tell them about their losses. They're aware, but they're also very aware of their blessings and their community and their present is full of joy Mm. and their future. As the girls would come into the home and begin their healing journey, it's usually fairly up and down and painful at first. And they don't see the hope. You know, they don't know what they're fighting for. And so when I could see that hope that lies before them, ahead of them, it may be a ways down the road, but I can kind of keep that in sight for myself and for them. I would just have to keep remembering like the girls who had arrived in that place of confidence and new identity. You know, we're all on a journey, but I had to remember people who are in a really good place after being in horrible, hopeless places. Um, And I do that for myself, you know, when I'm in seasons that are really, really hard, I just have to say I'm holding on until it comes to a better place because this spot right here is just really hard. What is, um, is there a scripture that comes to mind when you think about this journey of lament? So it comes back to that topic of hope, um, that I just have to hold on to hope when it's really hard. Um, and recently in a season that's been pretty tough for our family, um, I've just been holding on to Isaiah 61, where it says they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. And instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of confusion, you'll rejoice in your inheritance. And then it talks about how the Lord loves justice. And I've always seen that for kids and women who have been traumatized, like God loves justice and he's going to restore this for you. But God loves us too. And his promises of restoration are for us as well. And so I think that's just one of those scriptures that I've been holding on to is that God is rebuilding and he is restoring. And it looks different and in a different timing than I'm used to. Um, But he's still doing it. One word of encouragement that I would have for people who really want to walk with their friends who are hurting, you know, walk with them in the journey, um, is to encourage Like create open space for your friends to share anything they want to share. Never diminish what they're sharing as, oh, that's not important or other people have it worse. I think that can be the most damaging statement because all that does is undermine the pain that they're experiencing and then just legitimizing what they are sharing as important, whatever they choose to share. And that's part of the reason that I use the arts is because when you express something tangibly, visually, through music, um, in a way that's not 
verbal, not our normal way with words. It kind of bypasses the defenses in the brain and allows you to access that trauma or access those very, very real feelings that you're dealing with. Um, But when that comes out, we have to leave a space of acceptance for that person to share whatever they want. Rebecca talks about how important it can be to simply listen to someone and acknowledge their feelings to help them feel heard. May we all find strength and grace to show up wholeheartedly for others when they need it. Tomorrow, we will build on this conversation and talk about grace. Thanks for joining us on the way. To discover more opportunities and to sign up for the 21-day journey, visit agwm.org slash on the way.